I'm excited to announce that on May 25th to 27th, 2020, I'll be one of the leaders at Matt Pichet's More Than Money Retreat. This is going to be held up north in Huntsville, Ontario. Matt Pichet, in case you didn't know, is the fruitful investor. This man is a true inspiration. He went from being $30,000 in debt about five years ago to now a multimillionaire in net worth from his real estate investments. And he achieved all this with really powerful and well-executed marketing on YouTube and social media, along with his serious black belt level mastery in real estate investing, whether it's buying holds, multi-units, flips, rentals, you name it. The guy seriously blows me away. And uh, a quick backstory, Matt's actually one of my clients, and at the outset of our coaching relationship, he was already killing it. It was really about unlocking him and having him really step into his deeper purpose, which is living an empowered and epic life in more ways beyond just succeeding in business and finances. He, has some, he actually has some really good Instagram posts sharing a lot of these changes and these insights if you follow him at Matt Pichet. That's M-A-T-P-I-C-H-E. Now you'll see that he takes Mondays off and he calls them more than money Mondays. He built a home spa complete with dry sauna, steam room, totally zen, which I actually got to experience. He takes care of himself at a whole new level, and you can see it in his freaking eyes. He is joyful in more ways than just one. So when he asked me to be a part of his More Than Money retreat, I was a total hell yeah. Guys, I, I literally saw Matt go from feeling like a slave to his business, not feeling free, even though that's the very reason most of us become entrepreneurs. And uh, while he was financially doing well, he learned how to really value himself. He realized the type of impact he wanted to make, which is helping people beyond just wealth consciousness, uh, which obviously is, is incredibly important. And he's been sitting with this idea for a long time, and now it's here, the More Than Money Retreat. So guys, the place we got for the experience is incredible. It's a lakeside mansion, lots of open space, close to nature, has a freaking movie theater, pool table, fire pit, docks out to the water. I'll make sure to put a link in the description so that you can check out the, the photos for yourself and the information about it as well. I, I remember finding this gem and, and sending it to Matt and we just knew this is the place. So it's not a typical real estate investing uh, business seminar. This is going to be an experience. I'll be guiding you through morning meditations, yoga, a deep transformational process to help conquer your fears and unlock your hidden potential. Matt will be blowing your minds with his marketing sales and wealth wizardry. We have a nutritionist, Brooke Hutch, preparing all your healthy whole foods and teaching us about how to fuel your high-performance lifestyle. It's, it's Guys, it's going to be awesome. And it's already half sold out with six of the 12 spots already taken. So if you resonate with this, join us on May 25th to 27th for the More Than Money Retreat. The remaining spots are going to be gone soon, and uh, I do not want you to miss this. So if you're someone who's a high achiever, already succeeding, yet in other areas of your life, you feel like you're collapsing in your health, relationships, sense of inner peace, fulfillment, and satisfaction. We literally designed this retreat to give you the insights, tools, and aha moments to build a great life that you love. 
the More Than Money Retreat. It's happening May 25th to 27th. I'll make sure to put the link in the description. Hit that link to see more information and how to book your spot. And uh, I hope to see you there. Welcome back to the Oliver Manolese Show. I am your host, Oliver Manolese, and I'm super glad that you're here. This is a show about getting intimate with the defining moments, the life practices, and the tiny shifts that lead to massive breakthroughs for leaders, entrepreneurs, and high performers. Today, we have a little bit of a different episode for you. And um, as many of you know, one of my past lives is in the real estate world. And I'm also a coach and strategist to a lot of real estate uh, entrepreneurs. I'm also fascinated with with yoga, mindfulness, meditation, obviously personal growth and transformation. So what's really cool is that all these different interests actually get to intersect in a variety of different ways, and it gets expressed in the podcast. So I think there's a ton of value to be seen here, and from the DMs that I received from you, I know you're getting value from it too. So with that said, let's get into today's guest. On the show today, we have the one and only Renee Mass. Renee is someone I met at a weekend workshop all about everyday people sharing their vulnerable truths on stage. We actually connected and had a ton in common, as you'll hear in the interview. And the main reason I wanted to have him on the show today was to share his unique experience and relationship with Vipassana. Now, if you don't know what that is, Vipassana is an ancient Pali word from from ancient India, and it means seeing things as they really are. It's a form of meditation that's taught over the course of a 10-day silent retreat, one that I've actually gotten to experience and have tremendously benefited from. So Renee was one of the people I called up, and I wanted to get his take on the retreat before I fully committed to it. And what he had to share was incredibly valuable. Not only has he been a Vipassana meditator for years, he's also volunteered there many times and makes it an annual practice to do a 10-day retreat. It's like a sort of reset for him that he does every single year. And on top of that, he runs a successful real estate investment company called Alteray. So here's a little bit of background about Rene. Uh, After the 2008 stock market crash, Rene was fed up with volatile markets and poor returns on his retirement savings. So in 2009, he acquired his real estate license, became a real estate investor, and began purchasing investment properties, all while continuing to operate his full-time business as a contractor. So over five years, his monthly cash flow, it grew substantially so that he was actually able to significantly reduce his time spent at work in exchange for time with his family. Renee has since supported friends and family members in their own real estate investments for similar high and stable returns. His background includes more than 20 years of successful entrepreneurship. He's got a bachelor's of education from Queen's University, licensed to engage in real estate in Ontario. He has an extensive network of expert service providers that includes real estate lawyers, mortgage brokers, laborers. He is fluent in both French and English. And it's really rewarding for Renee to help people develop their investment portfolios for improved security and returns. Renee further enjoys supporting his community by reinvesting funds in the local economy and providing safe, respectable housing for families and students in need. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm honored to share with you my conversation with Renee Mass. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to the Oliver Manley Show. I am here with Rene. And Rene, if you don't know who he is, he is the owner of Alteray Property Investments. You can find his website, getbetterreturns.com. He is a man of many talents, real estate, business. He's an educator. He's an avid meditator. And part of the reason why we get along and why we wanted to have this conversation is because we have something, I mean, I think we have more in common now after I took my first uh, Vipassana retreat in January and you just returned from your most recent one uh, just a couple of weeks ago. But um, Renee, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. I, I would love to know how, like, how many times have you gone to Vipassana? Oh, yeah. Uh, I would say I've, I started in 2011, and um, I initially didn't quite get it, but then uh, I've been going pretty much every year after that. So I missed a year, uh, then yeah, so pretty much every year I go once a year. Mm-hmm. And and for, and for the people who are tuning in who might not be familiar with what Vipassana is, would you mind uh, doing the honor? Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly. <laughs> oh, you're living like a monk for ten days. <laughs> there's no, there's no talking. You're, uh, you, you, you eat simply in the morning. Uh, there's a bit in the afternoon, but you're basically meditating for like eight to nine or ten hours a day. So it's just simply a technique. There's really no way of. Um, they're simply showing you the technique. There's, it's not embedded with a lot of religion or dogma or rules to follow. There's a few ideas to, 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 to follow, but ultimately, you're basically they, they show you the technique of how to meditate, and what comes out of it is very powerful. What, what would you say is different about Vipassana? Than other techniques? Uh... Yeah, just from, yeah, from your perspective. I haven't really, I haven't really ventured in other techniques. This one it works, it works with me, and it's it's just pure. It's simple, very very simple, but difficult to uh, to practice on a regular basis because basically you're 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 when when med- when one meditates, you're basically observing your thoughts, observing your body, and then not reacting to it. That's that's kind of the the principle, the basic principles of it. You're, you're observing the body, the sensations, and you're not reacting to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so mean, in a way, it's as, it's, it's, it's as if you're one uh, feeds into the soul, into whatever you want to call it, the consciousness. So there's like two, three parts. There's three parts to us. If you want to simplify it, there's the body, the mind, and then there's something else that observes. I can observe the body, but also ultimately can also observe the thoughts process. And then you kind of question what, what if, if these thoughts that are coming out, are they conditioned? Is it really me? Who's observing those thoughts? So it really kind of, it's not, you're not, you don't want to get lost in those, in those thoughts. You just simply want to observe them. And there comes a time after you're there for 10 days, you know, pretty much eight, nine hours of meditation. After the fifth day, you're either turning crazy or you, you realize, wait a sec, there's a silence. It's, it's tapping into that silence, which is, which is very powerful. The mind just clicks off. 
and the body simply becomes sensations that you're not you're just observing i like what you said with um you know i like how simple it is because i i think really (laughs) i think that's probably the most important yeah i have to say that's the most important part of it because it's like they structure the retreat and they set rules in place of what you can and what you can't do what you can't eat what you can't uh what you can't eat when you sleep when you wake up like everything is it's like it's so great to have that all kind of taken away from you in a way. So that's all decided. And all you do is practice the technique. Like it, it, it almost yeah. liberates you from any indecisiveness or trying to choose, Oh, what am I going to eat today? And what am I going to do today? Where am I going to go? And like, who am I going to hang out with? Like, no, you're hanging out with yourself and yourself. You, you, you've and yourself. got no distraction. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's no distractions at all. They take away the cell phone and, and you're left with, with basically just got to deal with yourself and it's 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 really I've, I've been i've been one to um i've always wanted freedom and my journey of freedom has developed over the years and in the beginning i thought it was it was doing nothing you know doing everything i wanted to do that was freedom when i wanted anytime i wanted but i'm realizing then then i thought freedom was having a lot a lot of stuff a lot of options but as I get older, I'm realizing that freedom is its very simple, a simple life, having, having less options, basically committing to one thing and just going all out into it and saying no to so many other things. So we, we get this idea of, of freedom and happiness that I, I meet a lot of people who think freedom is having lots of, lots of options and lots of stuff. But in fact, it's, it's not quite freedom. And uh, the meditation just brings it down to a to a level in which uh, it's very simple and and effective, very very effective. I remember. I think it was maybe a year, a year and a half ago when I was when we were talking on the phone, and I was talking to you about your experience with Vipassana because I think I saw you post about your you know That's you were right. returning from your annual ten uh, day retreat, and I've been kind of. Uh, back and forth with Vipassana for a number of years and kind of like barely had the courage to go this time around. But, um, you know, the, the feedback that you told me, you're just like, uh, it's painful, Oliver. <laughs> like, Oliver, it is painful. And I'm just like, what the hell? Like, what the hell are you talking about? And uh, actually, there's a number of people who said the same thing as you. And I'm just like, it made me yeah. even more... Um, I don't know more wor- more worried and concerned about about like how ma- how masochistic is it to to sit with yourself <laughs> for ten hours a day ten, uh, for ten days? Um, Did that help? Did the worry help with the meditation? You know, actually, I find that it did help because it's not like I was surprised. It was like I accepted it, and yes. I just noticed incredibly uh, in minute levels how much I would improve after every hour like we would sit for an hour we'd take a break we'd come back sit for an hour on our own or with the group or whatever it is and I would just notice like mm-hmm. from the first day to the you know halfway in or maybe to the end of the day I'm just like oh wow like the pain is still there I can sit still a little bit longer without needing to like twist and turn and stretch and things like that which you know I mean looking back now all of that uh, stretching before and after sitting was such like <laughs> yeah. avoidance. It was not really, 
Um, I, you know, I sit and meditate now. I don't, I don't need to stretch. I don't need to open up my hips. I don't need yeah. to do anything. I just like sit down and I'm like, I'm there. And there's no, there's actually for the last three months, there haven't been moments of pain or excruciating pain. Mm-hmm. Like I had, uh, when I first sat on that first night, that first day. Yeah. It's interesting how, uh, just being in the moment, being present in the moment is so, so powerful having just just that moment you're just dealing with now you're not dealing in the past or you're not lost in your thoughts in the future and when when i'm there i i I zone in and all of a sudden you forget about the past or the future and you're just in the moment and that moment at times it feels like it's forever it's strange the way but it's it's strange to say that but in a way it's you, I can sit over there for two hours and it feels like five minutes. So being, being in the moment is also a, a large aspect of, of meditating. And it can also, and, and the reason, it, the thing is, the reason I like to talk about the, uh, the meditation so much because it's really like a tool. It's a tool to help people achieve things personally and in business simply a tool and if you look if you look at uh, a lot of high achievers they're 80 percent of them easily are using meditation as a tool to to clear the mind and and face their challenges or their fears and, and move forward how did you uh fall into it like how what brought you to you know back in 2011 like where were you at at that yeah. time and what yeah. inspired you to to partake in it it is not like it's uh. not something that's well promoted um i i mean i'm in the yoga world as well so i don't i don't know as many yogis who've actually done it or even heard about it i'm just so surprised like how kind of uh, really word of mouth and organic it is uh in, in terms of the way it spreads but yeah mm-hmm. like where how did you get to, so, to, to your so first I retreat was, uh, in 2011 i was i was uh i was a workaholic i worked worked and uh, i was i was i had a blessing i mean i i, I had a I was a teacher in the beginning, but I quit that job and I became a laborer, then a contractor and a general contractor and started buying properties. But I was, I was really kind of stressed and I had everything, really, everything I needed. I had, I mean, there's, there's tons of buildings. I had, you know, I, I had everything that you would think one needs in order for happiness and contentment. And even my whole goal when I quit my, my teaching job was for freedom. So I had the freedom. And even after all that, my mind, I, I wasn't able to even realize it, but I couldn't, I couldn't really focus all that well. Uh, my mind was scattered everywhere, but ultimately I just wasn't happy. I wasn't content. I had achieved what society believes is success, having all the stuff, but it was superficial. There was a thought deep inside me. I just felt there was something missing. So I had the freedom and, and I wasn't like I wasn't benefiting from it. It was all about me, me, me. And I was like, I was, I was drinking more. It was all, it was all sex, money and, 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 and drinking. I got, I don't want to give you the, I don't want to paint you a picture that I was, I was like, um, it was a problem. I was functional, very functional, but the way I dealt with stress in any business is you need, you need uh, ways of, of, of de-stressing and what's very common is either drinking 
or watching movies or or sex or whatever whatever is food people's yeah or food even food <laughs> yeah well, well, mine was not food unfortunately it was other things well um, what did it feel like so what, what did it you know what was it, your ex- it was just very uncomfortable and it's it's really what it comes down to is uh it's so it's a void so in a way i i had i had everything i needed but ultimately you know buying another property or making another 10,000 wasn't it was just it was it wasn't fulfilling i was feeding this void within and the more i fed it the more i realized it's not going anywhere like i i could I can give in to this uh, desire, the, the temptation or just alcohol or sex. or it, it just wasn't fulfilling. The next day, I'd feel even worse. What, what so made it visible to you? Like what made this uh, apparent for you? Was there a moment? Was there... uh, Yeah, I think the moment was when I had that freedom. See, as a, as a contractor with, plenty of prop- with properties, I, winter months, I would just shut down the business and the guys would go on. EI or they would, you know, there's BBC work. So I had the freedom and I would, I, all of a sudden I'm, I'm like, I have the freedom and here I am, you know, it's Monday morning and what I'm doing, I'm, I'm watching porn. I'm like, what? This is not the freedom I'm looking for. Like, this, this, this is silly. This is like, and I, I'm, and I needed to get out of that. It wasn't, I wasn't content at all. It wasn't like this, this is just, it, it's not pleasant. So I like, there's gotta be a different way of living. And so what happened was there was a tenant, a tenant of mine who went to uh, Vipassana. Uh, she was in teacher's college for that one week. Uh, I think it was March break or something. She went and she told me all about it. And when she told me, I was just all into it. And, and oddly enough, I had tapped into meditation maybe when I was 21, but it turned out to be a cult. So it turned me right off of it. Ooh, yeah, I was about to say what your background is before this in terms of mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, basically, no, uh, you know, normal, normal, uh, growing up normally, I just always had a sensitivity to, to, uh, I've always been sensitive natured. So uh, sensing pain and trying to alleviate it has been, (laughs) I've, it's a, it's a fond habit. It's you know it's something that I'm quite familiar with. So and mm-hmm. I think everyone is in that position because really, life there's painful moments and there's so many ways of deviating, so many ways of being distracted, so many ways of trying to soothe in that pain. And we say pain. I mean it could be discomfort. It can be just being uncomfortable. But in a way, it, it doesn't. There's something else that pushes us to to move forward and soothing that pain is not going to not going to work did you have a religious or spiritual upbringing uh my parents are well my my father was a monk in his previous life and then left and then became a father and regular but you got to understand you got to understand it's not like he was uh, in, in, my parents are from Quebec, although they, they met in Toronto. Um, the Quebec uh, culture back in the 50s, 40s, 50s, it was heavily entrenched in religion. Religion and politics were combined. So 
So everyone, everyone was poor in the 50s. So if you wanted an education and you wanted food and shelter, you just went into the church. So it was an honor. Mm. He, my father, I got to time didn't know where he was going. So he went into the church and it was it was great. So he stayed. Most people left after the education. He stayed because it was like, wow, I'm getting shelter. Went to Japan. Either way, while growing up, it's not like as if he was pushing this. Uh, my my mother was more pious than my father, but he, either way, it wasn't really that. Uh, that really uh, was more kind of the sensitivity and kind of achieving what I want to get done, and then realizing, wait a sec, there's more. There's more to life. Mm. There's there's, there's got to be more. Wow. So here you are, every year taking ten days to live like a monk, and your dad actually was a monk. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wouldn't it be ironic if, uh, you know, 10, 15 years I decide this is it. I'm all, I'm all out. I'm you don't going, renounce I'm everything monk for the rest of my life. Yeah. I, I don't think I'm there yet. I think I've got a lot to give to, yeah. to the society and to the people because, but, uh, but I see a lot of, uh, a lot of people who want to be entrepreneurs who want to, who want to delve into real estate and fears are holding them back. And I try to help them with their fears, but ultimately they need a tool. They need a tool to deal with those fears, to deal with the stress, to deal with clarity. And the tool that I figured out, the tool that I find, the only tool that I think is one needs is simply to sit still first thing in the morning. You sit still for an, uh, 10 minutes, maybe 15, maybe 30 minutes. If you can get to it in the hour, do the hour. But just having that moment to yourself where your thoughts are, are gone and you're simply in the moment of now, it's very powerful because it really, in a way, it aligns you with another source. It aligns you with something greater than you who you are. I mean, I, I try to avoid using the common terms that people use because really I'm not, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a religious man, but I, but as, as I, as I tapped into it, as I've understood it and over and over practiced it on a regular basis, uh, I'm realizing there's, there's something, there's something greater. There's something, something very, very, uh, um, needed in it as well and and more people can benefit as well so you're so you're super in touch with the the pain with the suffering that a lot of people um are going through especially high achievers especially entrepreneurs because yeah like it sounds like you made it in a way like you kind of fulfilled your dreams and you're just like oh no this isn't this isn't it like it's still not it yeah i've never i've being an entrepreneur, uh, I, I see a lot of people who want to become an entrepreneur. Really, you, you don't stop. Like I don't like the thought of retiring or sitting on a beach <laughs> just bores me. You're constantly working. You're constantly thinking. You're constantly doing things. But for so many years, uh, I it was it was failing and trying to get back up or and and trying to soothe the pain or. or or having stress and having difficulty with it. I think ultimately, if anyone wants to become a high achiever, anything wants to become an entrepreneur and help and really help society, help others, serve others, you really need to become uncomfortable. You know, as they say, 
Mm. Be comfortable with the uncomfortable. It's easy said, but doing it, and it needs to be kind of practiced on a regular basis. So I, I really strongly suggest um, to people to get a morning routine, a morning routine in which you're training the mind and the body to simply accept things as they are. You're simply observing things as they mm-hmm. are, the mind and the body. And through that, you're training yourself mentally and physically, and this is where yoga comes in as well, to be uncomfortable, discomfort, there's pain, but rather than reacting to it and amplifying it in your brain, you're simply observing it and accepting it and then moving on. And I see a lot of people wanting to become entrepreneurs. And I think that's one, one element, one tool or one procedure which would help them move forward in their ventures and business and personal is simply accepting reality as it is mm. and moving forward, accepting the, 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 the discomfort and the pain and then moving forward. And sometimes the goal May I mean I, I meet a lot of investors who want to become a real estate empire, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. own lots of properties. That's a, it's, it's a it's a rite of passage for us. It is. It is. Yeah, to, to is. want that it's at like, some point. Because I, I meet a lot more people now who've they go, yeah I've done there been there been through that and now they're they're doing something that they're aligned with who they they want to be who they who where they shine mm. where there's even less stress because that's. This is this is this is so much more pleasant. This is where they shine as an individual. Yeah, there, I mean, there's there's so much to be said about having this morning practice where you still everything mm-hmm. and you can be with yourself and you can not react. Um, t- tell us about what that first retreat was like during that time in your life where you're realizing that yeah, there's there's something missing. My tenant just came back from this retreat. Like I gotta. You know, like what compelled you to go uh, and, and what happened during that first experience? Well, I wasn't happy at the, at the time. Um, I mean, I, I looked as if I was really happy, but there was, there was something missing. So I went and I didn't get it at all. I resisted, resisted big time. My mind was everywhere. I was, I was I'm, a, I'm a very creative guy as, as well. So my mind was, I got lost in my thoughts first time around i did not get it i was laughing crying the whole time i was reacting to everything uh and it took me a while to, it, it, like the like, the last last couple of days i was like okay i need to simply observe it and not not react to it and it took a while because i was just thrown off by my by my mind my mind was like a a wild horse and i was i was getting lost in my thoughts so it, it and but I still in a one way I remember coming back and I felt I, as if it was like it was a cleansing process. I had gone I had gone out of a lot of stuff. I had gotten rid of a lot of stuff, and I was just felt at peace. I was like I was less reactive. I was responding to things, but not reactive as I remember. Uh, so if something happened, if I got uh, if there was a problem at hand, I rather than react right away and it just amplified in my mind and then repeating it over and over, I just, I wasn't, I wasn't as reactive as I was responding to it. So uh, I came back and then 
and it's after a year or so, I just got back in the same routine. I wasn't, I was, I was go, 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 mm. reacting to everything, getting angry, trying to soothe the pain because it was just too much to handle. And I was, when you say react, I went back. like for, for you, what does react look like? Because I mean, some people have like a really, really uh, clear outward expression of their reaction. And you can be like, whoa, yeah, this person's, uh, you know, off balance here. But I know someone, someone for like me, people, people would not see that I react, but that's more Mm -hmm. because I internalize it. I'm internally reacting and the burden is on my shoulders and on my chest. Um, But I don't, I don't necessarily like snap at people or raise my voice uh, as a, as a, as a reaction. I don't know. What does it, what does it look like for you? So yeah, I, similar to you, I, I do internalize things. So if I if someone for some reason that they uh, they snap at me for one reason or another, a, cl- a client or uh, a tenant or something, uh, I would internalize it, and then in a, in a way I would. I'm not the type of person that gets angry. It's more I get more sad and depressed. It's like it's either one. So I would basically be sad, and then I, I try to 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 uh to bring myself up in certain ways and in the past it was you know i'll, I'll watch a movie and i'll forget the issue you know <laughs> it, it never it, it, not i don't forget it's like the body remembers the mind remembers and i would i wouldn't say i wasn't solving it either by watching mm. a movie or 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 looking at porn or, or drinking a beer it just or, or being sloshed that one night it was it just didn't i didn't get very far with it so uh. Ultimately, as if certain things you need to either let just observe it as it is and just let them go, just let it go, and then it's in the past. So in a way, it's it's living in the present moment, and and not not necessarily being not being walked all over, but just just uh, surround yourself with with things that provide you. Um, Pleasure and bliss, but ultimately not not in the not in the elements of where you're uh, from a body perspective. Hmm. Does that make any sense? You know, like so I mean, I, I, as I'm as I'm listening to you, I'm you know I'm thinking of you know people who are tuning into this who may have yes, heard yes. you know be present and uh, you know mm-hmm. be in the present moment, and uh, I feel like I feel like there's a there's a gap, right? There's a gap in terms of when we talk about being in the present moment versus the experience of actually being in the moment. Like you can tell somebody to do it, mm-hmm. but some people don't necessarily yeah. know what that means. And honestly, I I would say <clears throat> there's varying degrees of of experiencing what that is actually like. And I think the yeah. the retreat experience was like all your whole job, your whole job is to get into the present moment. And man, is it so hard, but doing it dozens, hundreds, thousands of times, just bring yourself back, bring yourself back, bring yourself back to the present moment. All of a sudden there's just this, there's like a bam, like a freaking opening where you're just like, (laughs) Oh, that this is what being present is. This is the, you know, freedom from no reaction and, and freedom from, the suffering of fear looking doubt, at tomorrow. Fear, fear, doubt, hatred, all things that just, just drag us down. It, it's, it's similar to, 
I mean, we, we all, we all, it's similar to the difference is between knowing and experiencing all, I mean, I could talk, I could talk about, have you ever had a dog that died? I could talk about it all at all, but those who understand when their dog died, that the experience, you, you can't, it's, it's, it's so far removed from that whole, just talking about it. If no one's really, if you haven't experienced it, it's a whole different matter. I think that's all, you know, like I'm getting the image also of like riding a bike for some reason of like, yep. yes. you might know how to ride a bike, but can you write the book? <laughs> can you write the book, right? This is how you ride a bike because, you know, most of us, we just experience it. We just kind of get on and eventually we're riding, right? And, and But you, you yep. can't necessarily like teach somebody like word for word and and lesson by lesson. You might, <laughs> like you kind of just have to go yeah, and can, do can, it. There's a difference. Do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's a huge, huge difference. I mean, here's another example. We all, I mean, anyone who took a biology, we all are a biology at university. To a certain degree, we all were told that it's all molecules. It's all, we're, we're kind of just, in a way, nothing's really solid. Like We, underst- we understand it intellectually that, um, you know, these buildings, are solid but in a way it's all these molecules that that make up the building and that or even us yeah we're 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 solid but in a way we're we're not okay we all understand it um we're in like a molecular soup precisely yeah 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 so but experiencing it a whole different level it it goes beyond mind and body where you're, you're actually you you experience something which taps into something else, which isn't which is, goes beyond the intellect, which goes into an awareness like a consciousness, a level of consciousness, and and then everything changes for you. You see things differently because the level of consciousness, and this is where I believe we're meant we're here to raise our awareness, mm-hmm. raise our consciousness through our experiences. And by our experiences, then we can help others achieve a level of awareness as well, a level of consciousness. What was the breakthrough for you? So like after a year, you reverted back to how you were mm-hmm. being. Um, like like what happened thereafter? It was just, just, just keeping at it, as you mentioned. Just keep at it. Just keep at it. Go back to it. I just, I just kept schedule it in as if it was a, it was like a trip. And mm-hmm. I've traveled the. Uh, I feel I've traveled enough. My travels now are inward. So I would just go. I'm committing to it. February. I'm doing this. And ten days is a lot of people. I say oh, I, I can't commit to that. It's like, actually like, twelve. Going to go down or <laughs> 12, 12, twelve days. It's really just two weeks. People go. Oh, well, I'm too too busy. But ultimately, as an entrepreneur for so many years. 25 years, my whole goal was for freedom, was to kind of do what I wanted to do. And, and uh, I realized that even when I went to these, life continued on. My business still worked. I mean, there's, 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 there are people to do other things. I made sure that the important people were contacted and then they had a, uh, or tenants or investors, they, they could contact somebody and they knew I was away. And, and most people, they assume, <laughs> everyone assumes I'm off, I'm off to the south. 
<laughs> I'm off to somewhere really warm. When you when you're saying I'm taking two weeks off, you're, everyone's just like, oh, you know, <laughs> exactly. bring back that the yeah. sun with you. <laughs> <laughs> they all assume, and then I, I tell them, I say, listen, I'm not going to have my cell phone. Like I have no contact with the outside world, and they all assume it's sunny. I'm on a beach somewhere. Occasionally, some people do ask, but everyone assumes that everyone assumes the best. This is where they want to be, and so this is where I should be as well. So. Uh, I don't know if I answered your question there. <laughs> yeah, I find that amusing. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds like you know it just became a, something that you incorporated into your into your year, like to kind of dive back in. That's right, and it's also it's a, it's a way of incorporating on a daily basis as well. So I'm as a, as a creative, sensitive individual who who likes to pursue uh, ventures. I needed something that allowed me to calm myself down and get clarity because ultimately after those 10 days, I become, there's, there's a, there's a peace. There's also a clarity and a focus. So the first time, uh, I think it was the second time I went, I, I started reading and consuming books at, at a rate, unbelievable rate because the focus was there. While in the past, the focus was scattered. Hmm. And so having, as, as an entrepreneur, I find focus is very important. Clarity is extremely important. And, and that those 10 days allows to sharpen that tool of focus and clarity. And then doing it on a regular basis allows you to, to maintain a level in which you can operate at a much higher level of awareness and get things done, get things moving, get into uncomfortable, uh, get into taking actions when it's difficult. Is there any way where you feel like it challenged you? Because I mean, I mean, it is like, let's just be very clear. Like it's, it is challenging to do the meditation technique itself. But the challenge that I'm thinking about is just like for my, for my own personal experience in the last two or three months, I feel like, and I'm still kind of getting my getting the my grip around it, but spending so much time inwards for that retreat, and then getting an understanding of like how I've, um, you know, put myself out there, how I've projected myself, my image onto you know onto the public with with what I do and what I you know what I the work that I do and all this stuff. I kind of I have just this questioning of just like you know. How am I, how am I going to proceed in my, in my work and in my business now that I've kind of gone a little bit deeper into some things that I feel Mm -hmm. like are so incredibly important, like, like with mindfulness and being with yourself and finding that stillness and how things do happen at such a subtle, subtle level. And, um, there is this attachment of, Hey, this is my identity. This is how I look. This is, um, so I, I feel like I'm, I'm kind of, uh. I'm still kind of getting a handle on that for myself. Mm-hmm. I, I think it comes down to a level of awareness is, is when you're able to, to tap into the vibration of thoughts. Um, I'm realizing that, I mean, this, this may sound a bit way out there, but um, our thoughts have, have a bit of uh, emphasis, have a vibration in a way. So love, uh, joy, they have pleasant thoughts. And it, 
and it's been shown in the past as well through many um, many uh, spiritual individuals in which our thoughts really we need to be very careful on our thoughts on our on our what we're thinking because first of all it does manifest itself if we're constantly thinking of doubts fears that's what manifests but ultimately what we're thinking about uh, what we're aware of the thinking we often think of the mind but we're what we're aware of and what we're conscious of and what we kind of uh, think of for lack of a better word think then there's there's an effect there's an effect on the whole body mm. on the rest of your presence so the awareness I would I would definitely suggest uh, is is careful what people what what people think about yeah. if we're constantly thinking about our worries or our fears well that's what we get projected over and over and we emphasize that but if we keep a clear mind and we realize that our own thoughts are somewhat conditioned through uh, through years of, of just growing up with the culture and we're able to control that control those thoughts and then there's there's something very powerful with it mm-hmm. in fact uh, i would even suggest that uh, when i was those thoughts especially the negative thoughts it it projects pain on the body so and pleasant thoughts thoughts that are that bring about positivity it brings a good sensation to the body there is no distinguishing between the mind and the body it's really kind of one our consciousness like it's 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 all over the body in a way so i definitely yeah i'm very careful on what i think and for example someone cuts you off uh, on a road or something a lot of people react to it and get angry at the person but in a way they're 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 hurting themselves automatically before even hurting the other person yeah that was one of the v- v- most impactful uh teachings and insights during the retreat like at the end uh, there's always a discourse, which is like an hour, an hour and 15 minute mm-hmm. video with the teacher uh, sharing about what the day was you know, all about and what the next day is going to look like. And, you know, this whole idea of as soon as you react, you are like you immediately are in like hell. Like you're, you're, you're actually yeah, you're yeah. paying for it now. You're not paying for it later. Uh, the cost is <laughs> exactly. in your suffering right now. And and. and you know, when you get in tune with what you're saying of like, hey, be careful with your reactions and your thoughts because it will manifest itself and not like sometime in the future, like it manifests itself right now in the physical sensation of um, it might not be like a uh, like a distinct pain, but it is still that like just just a more unpleasant uh, sensation in the body of like a heaviness or a mm-hmm. or a pressure or a sinking feeling of just like, oh, yeah, that's that's not uh that's not favorable it's easy to say but once you experience it it becomes a whole different level so i experienced it when i was there last time i was there i remember i had a beautiful hour or two it was very quiet in the in the the hall meditation hall but then the following you know after the break following hour the guy behind me kept on coughing (laughs) what did i do (laughs) i mean i was like 
I would just, I was actually telling, talking my, my, my mind. I was like, Julie, you just shut up. Just like, I was, ang- I was getting angry and I could feel, I could feel the tensions in the body being created. And I was like, whoa, whoa, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta relax. I gotta stop this. This is not helping. But he kept on coughing and I kept on reacting. Oh, so, you know, it, it was, it was an ongoing thing. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's moment by moment. It, it, it can be very difficult. So what I would like to tell people is, is there are tools in which when everything's working out well, there are tools to and practices that should be done for the mind and the body. So when when something like you know, when shit hits the fan or something, then you can re, then you can respond to it properly and and go through it and move on. Because ultimately, and as I'm, I'm sure you've heard this many times, change is inevitable. Like, mm. it's going to pass. Gonna, like, don't worry about it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, if you're not happy with the situation, it's going to go. It's, it's going to change. Well, you, it's like, going to change. Well, one of the biggest things that um, I wasn't necessarily concerned with it, uh, but I know a lot of people you know, who've talked to me about it, get a little bit concerned and I could see it because in the last three months I've noticed it for myself now, like coming out of it on the other end. But this whole idea of if I become non-reactive, let's just say I have achieved and I've succeeded because of my reactivity, because, you know, when shit hits the fan, I go into this intense problem solving aggressive mode and that's how shit gets done. That's how I move Mm -hmm. my projects forward. And if I become all, you know, uh, unreactive and content and peaceful. Will I lose that drive that helps me mm-hmm. um, accomplish mm-hmm. those milestones? And, you know, a part of me in the last couple of months, there's moments where I'm just like, I feel like I'm worried that I'm not worried. Like I'm so mm. relaxed uh, in the face of certain challenges in life and in business where in the past I would have like maybe two, three days, even up to a week where I'm just like, uh, you know, spiraling where I'm feeling negative and doubtful. And the last three months, I have not experienced that. And a part of me just like, where is that? I'm like, th- that used to be the thing that got me into action. I don't know what your mm-hmm. experience is with that or what your um, thoughts are on that. I, I, I think as an entrepreneur, the purpose is to create a lifestyle. You're creating a lifestyle and you're, you're serving others, you're helping others. The goal isn't to be rush, 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 uh, even... Like people ask me, well, are you busy? <laughs> That's not really my goal is to be busy. I mean, if I wanted to be busy, I'd just get a job. Uh, <laughs> you know, so in a way, it's as an entrepreneur, you want to be, a, you want to do something that you enjoy doing. And if you do it really, really well and you enjoy it, it brings you at a different level in which rather than drain you, it feeds you. So I would say uh, to lose your drive, you're not necessarily losing your drive. You're just kind of aligning with your purpose in a way. Mm. And the tasks that you enjoy doing, you do more of it, but you balance it out as well. I mean, being successful is not about, uh, I mean, uh, having more and more and more and doing more and more and more. It's, it's, it's a question of balancing things out. Between family, your own time, time for yourself, uh, the finances, and serving others, so it's a question of having a balance. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not a believer in in having 
more. I, mean, I don't follow the, the principle of more is better. In mm. fact, I see less is more. Yeah. What kind of um, what kind of concerns do you have, like in your life and in your business, that you know that are like recent or fresh that your your practice has has helped you with? That's a good question. I think it's like what are you working doing? What now? I meant doing doing what I meant to do. Like I'm, I'm looking at what I what I've built over over several years. Is this what I'm really what I'm meant to do? Is this the purpose? Is this what I'm here? And because you're great at it. I'm not, well, right? Like you're uh, you're work, you're fixing fixing up houses. You're acquiring investment properties. You're educating people with your videos. Like you're doing, you know, you're doing some really yeah. great work. Yes, yes, thank you. So ultimately, in the end, I think it's a question of um, having a balance and then figuring out and, and just clearing it up. I think at times I'm doing too much and just clearing it and just doing a few tasks, just a couple tasks. I was so, um, yeah, right now it's more about not necessarily adding more, but delegating a lot more and then fine tuning it and going, this is, this is the only thing I want to do. And this is what I enjoy doing. And What's that right now? A what lot are you of it, noticing is, is a lot of it turns out. All oddly enough, a lot of it. I mean, I'm, um, being an entrepreneur, being a real estate investor, and, and a contractor for so many years. You're a realtor as well, right? I'm a realtor as well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> ultimately, you know where it comes. You have four full time jobs, is, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Is I enjoy writing and speaking. <laughs> You know, it's when it comes help, serving others, kind of serving others, helping and, and, and speaking in a, in a sense. That's really what uh, I spend most of my time on. The rest I delegate. Occasionally I, I, I tackle the, the business, you know, but there's there's people that want to do those tasks. But ultimately I, I like just to, to write and to speak those, uh, to write, to, to say those, those uh, what I want to say, what, it- how it can help others as well. What I find important. What, what's the thing that's in the way of, of writing more, of speaking more, that you're like working on reducing, delegating, get, getting rid of, or it's letting go, letting go of of yeah, letting go of things that I've built over the time, and once I let them go, uh, they may crumble. I mean, my contracting business, yeah. Um, it probably wouldn't function without me. I could probably pass on to somebody else. It'd be completely different. Um, mm-hmm. So you're kind of in the thoughts of per- that might be something in the future that you're going to be. Yeah. Handing like off. I still do. I still do. Uh, I still look at properties. I still uh, send out offers. I still enjoy recreating a whole house. Um, and I still enjoy working with clients as well, like coaching clients as well. But in the end, I, just simplifying it and doing simply writing, speaking, and coaching. Mm. How does one simplify? Because I think for for the people who are listening to this, they're like you and mm-hmm. me, where you know it's yeah. multidisciplinarian, multi potentialite, and can do multiple you know different things very very well, but. There's a there's you know there's one or two things that are really close to 
the heart that uh, that make here's the difference. One thing I've, I've yes. So here's one thing I've noticed uh, that's helped me is uh, I'll have uh, a to do list, but you know, to do list I'll bring it onto the calendar, and there are certain things I do so easily. Uh, I'll I'll write a speech. I enjoy it. I'll write. But there's other tasks such as. Uh, I don't accounting? know anything with anything to <laughs> accounting, yeah, accounting or anything to do with yeah, accounting is a big one for me. Accounting or anything to do with sitting at a computer for an hour to um, uh, such as technology stuff that kind of drags me down. Hmm. So, so I would suggest to people if if that that same task reappears day after day, well then pass on to somebody else. Say you're not meant to do it for some reason. Just do what really, in a way, do what you enjoy doing. Do things that come easy and you like to grow with it. And at the end of the day, look at the tasks, review it, and go, am I content with what I did? If this was the last day on earth. Am I content with what I, how I spent my time and energy with? Is this what I really want to do? I just finished that whole day of bookkeeping. This is what I want to do for the rest of the day. And there's nothing wrong with bookkeeping. For some people, it's, it's exactly what they want to do and exactly what they like to do. But is this what you're meant to do? You've got to review it at the end of the day. Like, and we have this opportunity each and every day. When we get up, we have – like we, we fall in a routine easily, but each and every day is a new beginning. And we forget but we're so entrenched in our habits that we believe that this is it. This is the only way we're going to be living for the rest of our lives, and this is it. But there's, we've basically, it really comes down to a huge lesson I learned when I was in high school. It's probably the only thing I learned in this class and in this English teacher's class. And I didn't do any work because he told me. He told me in the beginning, he says, and this was a shock to me at the time. He said, you don't have to do anything. And he went on and on about it for like the whole class, making sure that we understood we don't have to do anything. All you need to do is die, stay in your body. That's it. All the rest are options. There's consequences. So I took it to heart. And in that class, I did nothing. I was there, but I did nothing. No, no essays, no work. I had to repeat the class, but I got the lesson that wow. everything's an option. Everything is an option. We're not forced to do anything. And, and we fall. I see a lot of people who are falling in the trap and they believe certain things. They, they tell themselves, I need to do this. I need to do this because uh, people are relying on me. I need to stick to this job because I need to pay for this. But yes, ultimately, we have options. But breaking through those, those habits takes a lot of time. And going back to the meditation, the meditation that it's a, as a tool helped me to question it mm. and simply be in the moment and then kind of create a morning routine, which allowed me to, to raise my awareness, raise, raise, to be a better myself, be a better me basically. And then when I, once I, once I'm able at that, at a level then I can, I can serve and help others. Walk us through a day, like an ideal day for you. Like how does your well, life look? The morning routine. A morning, the morning routine is the big one. What is the it? Morning routine because it, it it does establish it establishes. So the morning routine usually starts 
early. I'm an early bird, so it's usually between five and and, and five thirty or six sometimes. I mean, I do sleep in occasionally, but it's the meditation in the beginning. And at times, there are days where fifteen minutes is is enough. Sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll my aim is always to do at least an hour. Sometimes I get forty minutes. Either way, so it's meditation from the start, and it helps to simply. In a way, it actually helps waking up. And there are times where I've slept better. Through, uh, I've, I feel more rested through meditation than with sleeping. Because when you're sleeping, and we've all been there, where we're, we're tossing and turning, we're trying to think of a problem mm. or not. But once you start meditating the first thing in the morning, there's thoughts that come out. Like so, your solutions come to you. It's bizarre how that works. So first thing I do is I meditate. Either is that half like an you, hour you roll out of bed and you go straight into meditation? Or there's nothing else you do in between. Oh, okay, I go to the bathroom, drink some water, and then straight to meditation. First thing on a cushion. On a cushion, and I've got I've got seated. blankets, so I'm nice and warm, seated, Great. back straight because it definitely helps. It's a question of habit as well. Just a timer, or and are you listening? You, uh, yes, I do use the app. I the Vipassana do, there's app. An app. There's a Vipassana app. It does that does definitely help because sometimes you can get lost in your thoughts or you fall asleep and you want to go back to bed. Perfect. You're tempted to that. Okay. So and and also I tell people the same hour. You got to do it the same time of the day. If you decide it's eight o'clock in the morning, well, stick to the eight o'clock. If you want to be at five, stick to the five. But the same time definitely helps, and the same location also helps. Mm-hmm. And then after your meditation, is there anything else that you do? Then there's, then there's yoga. The yoga, is, I mean, there's wide ranges of yoga. I, I, I've, I've, the life that I've created now is I, I now live two blocks away from the yoga studio. It was a good opportunity. The house was up for, it wasn't even up for sale. It, before it went up for sale, I spoke to the client anyways. Um, I, it, was, it, was, it was strange how it worked out. As if it was meant to be, so I'm basically living two blocks away from the meditation or the yoga studio. So it's like a six a.m. class yoga. that you drop into. Yeah, six thirty. Okay, got it. And there's a wide wide range of classes, but the nice thing is that once again within the class, I'm focused, and the body wakes up. When I move, then for me it's helped. For others, it could be swimming. It could just be walking. For me, I seem to like the heat, the hot, hot yoga, and just being uncomfortable at times. And as you know, you could you know you could do yoga intensely or, or less intensely. But what's helped a lot is that the breathing. It's 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 very, a lot of deep breathing, and you're focused on a difficult task, and uh, being uncomfortable slightly. No, not not all of it. And then I, as a gratitude list. That's that's also very important. And that's too. after yoga usually? Yeah, you come back, you have a gratitude list in which you're grateful for the things that you do. Now mm. now I kind of do it on, on, on the way there, on the walking. But generally, I would suggest for some people to write it down. Yeah. And that way you see what you're for grateful starters. for. Because it's a, just a good start because, I mean, just the way we live. Thousands of the people in the world aren't living the way we are. And here we are complaining about not having not having the right coffee or, or just something silly. <laughs> so just being grateful for what we have and the simplest things. It just once again trains the the mind to to bring on joy. Bring so 
a gratitude list, simple, simple gratitude list. So that's and like then, two to three hours. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is what I suggest to people is, and I, I, I tapped into this after having children. You know, before children, you've got your, your time for yourself. Like, you're t- you want, whenever you want to do things, you do it on your own terms. But with children, all of a sudden, you're on 24 hours a day, and then you gotta you got to keep a relationship going on as well with your wife or your spouse. So you got to have time for yourself. If not, you burn out. So yeah, I tell people. So, so important. you got to the, the, the best time to do it first thing in the morning. And if it's like, well, listen, I, I started at 8. Well, if you started at 8, get up at 4. Get up at 5. Like, you need time for yourself to rejuvenate, to be at your best. That is a thing. I mean, if I was going to make a general statement, like in terms of what a lot of people, you know, what high, what's missing for high achievers, especially the ones that I get to, the lives that I get to participate in, um, is this. It's time for self. Yes. There's there's so, solo Huge. time. It, like, d- like literally craving and hungry, starving for time for the self especially if you're a service-oriented high impact kind of person like you're trying to be there for others be a value to others make a contribution mm-hmm. if you're you know this thing of having that first couple hours for yourself oh my god what a game changer I, i've 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 done a speech about it as well and i said listen first thing in the morning be selfish they're like what do, what do you mean no, no. like yeah you think of yourself and the, just two hours in the day you got 24 hours two hours just just for yourself be selfish whatever you need and like no one knows what i need but myself so give what you give yourself what you need is it the good food or find the good affirmations the gratitude whatever it is find out what you need to feed the mind the body and the soul mm. and then you'll be better off and then the rest of the day for somebody else the rest of the day for your boss or the rest of the day for for the children or yesterday for for work but ultimately, yeah, you need something that that a, a solid foundation to build on. If not, you you, you don't you don't go forward. I'm doing a speech about how to quit your job uh, and become a full time real estate investor mm-hmm. in Toronto uh, in about two three weeks. Where is that? And, when is that? Um, uh, at Smart Home Choice, um, Gary uh, Gary's Club and Chris Shabib's Club in Vaughan. Cool venture investment. Yeah, so. What it comes down to it is that the way we think now, what we got to that level we are right now, we can't use the same thinking patterns to reach those next level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, establishing a, a good routine in the in the morning that that allows you to better yourself. Even be reading audiobooks or you know listening to audiobooks is is a game changer. We touched on seeing things as they really are. I f- it, it would be you know can you share what that means to you? Because I, I think that is just fundamentally one of the most one of the most powerful things that we can do is just ori- mm-hmm. orient ourselves to be able to see things as they really are. So can you contextualize that for us? That's 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 a big one because ultimately we all have our own realities. And I I, 
I wouldn't be able to convince somebody of of, of a different reality. If it, if it blends in with mine, maybe yes. But ultimately, we have our own reality. We make it as with our thoughts along you know along the days, along the day, the months. When I came back from when I come back from Vipassana, I just see. I see things differently. Here's a good example. Uh, while backing up uh, with um, um, when I'm driving my truck, I, I back up and I look in the mirror. It has a little camera, and I didn't notice that there's there's you know I just didn't even see that. And it said, "Check your surroundings." That that line was there every time I was backing up. But for some reason, I never, never noticed it in the past. So that, that's just a simple example. But there's, there's so many ways. If people want to achieve more for their lives, they need to be able to see all the opportunities out there. It comes down to even with real estate where people go, well, no, no, there's no, there's no opportunities out there. There's, there's no good deals like this. Well, if you tell yourself that, yeah, that's what's going to manifest. That's what you're going to see. You're, you're just going to see that. It reminds me of a joke uh, my father used to tell <laughs> used to tell me. Uh, so it's um, so it's a, it's a it's a woman driver, and there's a child at the back. So the mother's driving the child at the back, and the child is five years old. And, and he says uh, to the mother, "Where are all the jerks on the road?" And the mother says, "It's only when your father's driving that they exist." Wow! Yeah, that so is amazing. So. So for any entrepreneur who wants to move forward, you need to see the opportunities. And the only way of seeing the opportunities out there, the, the magnitude of opportunities is to actually accept the reality as it is. And then you're able, once you accept the reality, your reality, then you're able to see other types of realities. Because accepting it is listening to it and taking it in. But often, most often, we don't. Most often, we, we don't – we want to avoid the reality because it's painful. We want to avoid it. Sometimes it's painful, and uh, we want to soothe it with, with alcohol, drugs, or food, or whatever. So you have a morning routine. You're seeing things as they really are. Every year, you're doing the Vipassana 10-day silent retreat. You're, you, you, you have this incredible – this, this lifestyle, you have this awareness. Um, everything's fine now, right? You're at peace. You're in nirvana. Well, <laughs> everything is solved, no, no. right? <laughs> you're funny. <laughs> not at all. Not at all. It's a, it's a constant journey. It's a constant battle. It's not like I've got it made. <laughs> not at all. I don't want to give this impression at all. This is It's a constant thing, moment by moment. I, I'm often tempted to... There's a lot of temptations, constant temptations, mm. and there's also tons of distractions, tons and tons of distractions. And it's not like I'm at peace on a regular basis. There's there's constantly things challenging me. What all I'm I'm trying to say is that those challenges, other than avoiding them, head on with them, face them, because it's those when you overcome those challenges, then you're on a different journey. Then you move on. There's this incredible... Yeah, yeah, there's a constant, constant, constant. A a friend of mine, uh, he he shared with me this Zen Buddhist saying. And he says, Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. 
After enlightenment, <laughs> after enlightenment, <laughs> chop wood, carry water. That's hilarious. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh my god! It's like we, you will still have problems. You'll still have challenges. Yeah. You will still face adversity. Yeah. But there's there's yeah. a way of being that you uncover that's already there. Like there's nothing that mm-hmm. is given to you. It's like you just wake up to the fact that it's already inside of you to to tap into. But you you face it in a way that we've forgotten yeah that we've yeah. forgotten all along the years yeah absolutely so, yeah, I, I meet a lot of people who who they believe they believe that if they if they quit their jobs or they'll, they'll everything's gonna be fine they'll be they'll be much happier but it's, that's just the beginning it's just the beginning there's there's problems with having a lot of free time there's there's it's it's i wouldn't say i wouldn't say it's it's problems after problems i would say it's there's challenges along after challenges and if we're able to to accept those challenges and see it as it is and simplify it. Just, just, there's a lot of sometimes rubbish. Just, just see it as it is. And then you're able to move forward with it. If not, the, there's no moving forward. There's no moving forward. And the reason I like to mention this is because I don't see distinguish between personal and business. Being an entrepreneur for over 25 years, I've realized that when I'm when I play my game of playing personally is at a, at a level, my business rises as well. Mm. So if one wants to achieve plenty of money from a business perspective, you need to raise up personally. It's often forgotten. You can't just play at a certain level business-wise. You need to be there personally as well. And certain things that you go through – that's what you got to go through. You just have to go through it. You can't skip a step at times. You got to go through it and move on. So who do you recommend uh, cons- consider attending? Like who, who needs to consider attending Vipassana? Good question. Anyone who wants more out of life anyone who feels that they've achieved a certain level of success and they feel that there, there's always a there's always that that fire that drive within them and they want to experience something new or people who've lost a bit of the clarity who who've lost focus and, and they're in transition and they're not too sure where to go this can be this can be a tool that allows you clarity and focus and peace of mind. What would you say is missing in let's say the the world of real estate and entrepreneurship? What's missing in that world? Hmm. A spiritual side. Hmm. I'm uh, I'm rereading. I, I just for some reason I, I've tapped into Rich Dad Poor Dad, and I oddly enough I've never really read the book, although I do real estate. I'm, so I, I'm listening to it on, on audio, and I'm realizing that this is really a sure it's a financial book, but there's an element, there's a spiritual element to it as well. You know, it's so funny that you say and, that. Is he was just Robert Kiyosaki, the author, was just on. A London Real, which is a f- famous YouTube channel and, and yes. podcast, and yes. he kind of extrapolates on what it is that you're talking about, and I, that's that's amazing. 
I listened to it as well. I heard that one. That's where I, I, I that's where I'm repeating this. Ah, and okay, okay. by listening to the book, by listening to, to his book, I'm realizing, yeah, there was, I'm now understanding that uh, he went through a spiritual quest because he retired by the, by the time he was, I think he was 47. He had an abundance of money he retired. And then what most people do when they retire at that age, they're still look, he's still looking for something. And he went, there may have been a, a matter of five, six years where he dwelled into uh, the spiritual well and then tried to give back to society. And that's where he, he created the cash flow game and it didn't sell. So what did he do? He wrote the book. So he went through that journey. So I'm realizing that that business and spirituality, there, there's 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 a connection towards it. And you'd have to define spirituality. Define it in for a way us, in which your definition. I would I would say I would say spirituality is is you're improving yourself. And by improving yourself, you improved relationships. And there's something within that once you once you get to a certain level, uh, you need to give to others. You need to help yeah. and give others and share your thoughts and, and, and give. And ultimately, those that I notice, those who are working at a at a at a high level of awareness, it's all about giving and sharing. It's not about taking. Sure, there's money exchanged, but it's about giving of of their worth of their value of what they're meant to be their purpose can i share with you my thoughts on spirituality most definitely and and i would love to know you know what your response is to it yes my view and you know i've i feel like i've been sitting on sitting with this for a while um and like kind of back and forth with it but this is this is what i'm seeing when it comes to spirituality mm-hmm. i think spirituality ultimately comes down to responsibility like if you live a life mm. where you are being responsible you are living a spiritual life so if you are responsible that means you are taking care of the things that are within your reach to take care of you're getting a handle on the things in your own life in your own little world but also you are taking ownership over all of the ripple effect and consequences of the choices that you make, the thoughts, words, and actions that you have. You take ownership and responsibility over it. And it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's uh, the responsibility is a sense of connection and feeling like you are, you know, you're, you're part of, you're part of something. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts it, on that? Definitely. I would say, oh yeah, definitely. Cause, cause, um, as, being responsible, taking on responsibility, basically accepting the things that come towards us, the good and the bad, it doesn't matter. It's an interpretation. So owning your shit, basically. Something that happens, there's no point, there's no benefit in blaming others for it. You don't advance. There's no advancement by blaming somebody for something that happened to you take it all in own it it's your responsibility you deal with it you accept it once you accept that it's your responsibility you can move forward if you if you blame others there's no moving forward and, and the thing here's the thing is that moving forward is so important because we all we all want a bit of change but ultimately change will occur 
Like it's mm. it's part of the universal system. Change is constantly there. So if we feel as if we need to bolt down and, and hold on to a thought or to a to a moment, it's gone already. Move on with it. It's important so important to move flow with with uh, the surrounding, flow with what's there. So to come back to the responsibility, yes, it's owning your shit. That's another mm. term of putting it. It's very important in order to accept and to move on. It's really the first task. What would you say is the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Ooh. I would say... <laughs> I would say... When the student is ready, the teacher's there. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, what, what I'm saying now is, is what I'm saying in the moment now. Like last year, I probably wouldn't have been thinking that way. And next year, I'll be thinking completely different. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it'll be completely different. So, yes, the teacher appears once the student's ready. What is difficult for the rest of us, but you make look easy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about that. Um, uh, I don't know. I don't. Um, I would say. I mean, speaking speaking in public is really. <laughs> there was a time where it was really difficult for me, and yeah. now it seems uh, easier and easier. Love it. Um, make see, seeing the big picture at times. Seeing the really big picture. Um, and, and and trying to create a process and, and system out of it. I wouldn't say it, it comes just just wanting to see things outside of the box for some reason. I, I, I'm, I've been always outside of the box, always. What's something that you believe in that uh, seems crazy to others? Mm. <laughs> vibration. We are, we are mere vibration. I mean, and it's in the biology text, textbooks, but um, once you experience it, it's a, it's a different, you see things differently. You see, you experience things differently. Yeah, we're, we're just mere vibrations in a, in, a, in a sense. Sounds crazy, but, and those vibrations attract similar vibrations. What's the, what's the highest possibility that you see for us, for human beings? That you hope for, that you strive for. Beings. I, I'm simply working on a local level here, so yeah. I would say. Well, I guess yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's I how to, that's where it begins, right? Yes, yes, that's where it begins. And I'm not. I don't even. I don't really watch the news all that much. And I would say. I would say it's a, it's um, a, a piece, a level of awareness in which we. We're able to see the grand scheme of things, hmm. not to be bogged down on on, on one issue and uh, or or here here it is here it is I would say that the other is you realizing that can be very powerful. There's no separation. The other is you. Wow. Tell us about Meta. I feel like this is, you know, this is how yeah. we're going to wrap it up. It's just, it lines meta, up with what you're saying. 
Yes. Meta, meta is pure, just pure love. That's what it is, just pure love, because mm-hmm. that's what we are, just pure love. Pure love with many, many layers of, of ego and, and fear and hatred. And, and, but yeah, we're deep down, deep down, we're just pure love. Any final thoughts, any final message that you want to share with us? Things that we should sit, sit with or think of or take action on? Just, uh, I would say, accept, accept where you're at. Regardless of where, where you want to achieve, accept where you're at and try to get some clarity by writing a few things down and then choosing really what you want to do and to move forward and then committing to it. I think everyone can benefit from that. And tell us about where we can find you. Just Google my name or name mass and everything comes up. Uh, my YouTube uh, videos, my, my, uh, my website uh, and how I can help people uh, achieve uh, freedom through, through real estate, but also freedom through, through meditation and through mental thoughts. Hmm. I love it, man. Well, Renee, thank you thank so you. much for being on the show. Pleasure. Really? Like, I feel like um, I- I'm grateful that you that you were willing to go there with me today. Thank like you. in this interview, like, like you talked about, um, you know, the, the ways that you've used you to numb yourself. You talked about kind of like, you know, achieving that success and realizing that there's still something missing. And I think it's, it's challenging for some people to admit that because people, mm-hmm. you know, the people around you as a high achiever might look at you and be like, Hey, you have it all, you have it all. And then, you know, a lot of people that I talk to are like, how dare I say that I still feel like something is missing when everybody would kill <laughs> for my position. But you're, you know, you're, you're honest with yourself and honest with us. And um, shared with us, you know, how, how impactful Vipassana and the me- this meditation practice has been for you. And I can tell how, how important it is because, you know, we've been in touch since we met. And we, we're always, every time we talk, we're talking about this. So I, I'm, I'm yeah. grateful that you're showing us this, this side of you beyond the, you know, the, the, just, just the, you know, it's important. Yeah, you know, real estate and investing and wealth and thinking long-term and business, those things are incredibly important. I'm passionate about it as well, but there is that deeper mm-hmm. layer that you were, that you explored with us. So I'm, I'm very thankful that, uh, that you shared with us your, your insight, your perspective on well, that. Well, thank you for the opportunity because, um, I would also say that, um, it also gives meaning to what I've gone through and by sharing it, hopefully others, and go through it quicker and get out of it easier through, through obviously help or, or through some guidance or through meditation, whatever, whatever works with them. Beautiful. Renee, thank you so much, man. Well, thank, thank you, you for the honor. Thank you. All right, my friend. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah, that was great. Thanks. Hey, it's Oliver. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. 
To support the show, please rate us with five stars and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. This helps the show gain more visibility. And more than that, our guests and their messages get to spread and impact even more people who are just like you. People who are rediscovering themselves, their purpose, what's possible for them, and looking to make a difference in the world. For daily stories, insights, and inspiration, you can follow me on Instagram at Oliver Manalise. And if you heard something from the show that really landed for you, feel free to screenshot it or even screen record the podcast app and share a quote from the show on your newsfeed and be sure to tag me in it. If you're curious about one-on-one coaching and want to set up a complimentary get-to-know-you call, you can go to olivermanalise.com forward slash coaching. This is for you if you're a successful entrepreneur but feel spiritually bankrupt. This is for you if you're looking to unlock your purpose and redefine your business so it aligns with a life that you love. If any of this resonates, I'd be honored to spend time with you and see how I can support you. Go to olivermanalise.com slash coaching and book yourself in for a free get-to-know-you call with me today. For links mentioned today, access to our entire library of episodes, go to olivermanalise.com forward slash show. And that's it for today's episode. We will be back with you very soon. I'm excited to announce that on May 25th to 27th, 2020, I'll be one of the leaders at Matt Pichet's More Than Money Retreat. This is going to be held up north in Huntsville, Ontario. Matt Pichet, in case you didn't know, is the fruitful investor. This man is a true inspiration. He went from being $30,000 in debt about five years ago to now a multimillionaire in net worth from his real estate investments. And he achieved all this with really powerful and well-executed marketing on YouTube and social media, along with his serious black belt level mastery in real estate investing, whether it's buying holds, multi-units, flips, rentals, you name it. The guy seriously blows me away. And uh, a quick backstory, Matt's actually one of my clients, and at the outset of our coaching relationship, he was already killing it. It was really about unlocking him and having him really step into his deeper purpose, which is living an empowered and epic life in more ways beyond just succeeding in business and finances. He He actually has some really good Instagram posts sharing a lot of these changes and these insights if you follow him at Matt Pichet, that's M-A-T-P-I-C-H-E. Now you'll see that he takes Mondays off and he calls them more than money Mondays. He built a home spa complete with dry sauna, steam room, totally zen, which I actually got to experience. He takes care of himself at a whole new level and you can see it in his freaking eyes. He is joyful in more ways than just one. So when he asked me to be a part of his more than money retreat, I was a total hell yeah. Guys, I I literally saw Matt go from feeling like a slave to his business, not feeling free, even though that's the very reason most of us become entrepreneurs. And uh, while he was financially doing well, he learned how to really value himself. He realized the type of impact he wanted to make, which is helping people beyond just wealth consciousness, uh, which obviously is, is incredibly important. And he's been sitting with this idea for a long time, and now it's here, the More Than Money Retreat. So guys, the place we got for the experience is incredible. It's a lakeside mansion, lots of open space, close to nature, has a freaking movie theater, pool table, fire pit, docks out to the water, 
I'll make sure to put a link in the description so that you can check out the the photos for yourself and the information about it as well. I, I remember finding this gem and, and sending it to Matt and we just knew this is the place. So it's not a typical real estate investing uh, business seminar. This is going to be an experience. I'll be guiding you through morning meditations, yoga, a deep transformational process to help conquer your fears and unlock your hidden potential. Matt will be blowing your minds with his marketing sales and wealth wizardry. We have a nutritionist, Brooke Hutch, preparing all your healthy whole foods and teaching us about how to fuel your high-performance lifestyle. It's, it's Guys, it's going to be awesome. And it's already half sold out with six of the 12 spots already taken. So if you resonate with this, join us on May 25th to 27th for the More Than Money Retreat. The remaining spots are going to be gone soon, and uh, I do not want you to miss this. So if you're someone who's a high achiever, already succeeding, yet in other areas of your life, you feel like you're collapsing in your health, relationships, sense of inner peace, fulfillment, and satisfaction, we literally designed this retreat to give you the insights, tools, and aha moments to build a great life that you love. The More Than Money Retreat is happening May 25th to 27th. I'll make sure to put the link in the description. Hit that link to see more information and how to book your spot. And uh, I hope to see you there.